This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All the habits that I had before, I thought were keeping me safe when really they were postponing me for the life that I could actually live. Welcome to Habits You Love, a thought-provoking podcast about self-love, self-healing, and spiritual evolution. I'm Kayla Fazio, and with each episode, it is my mission to expand your mind to what you think is possible for you and provoke thoughts of looking at your own healing you may need and help you discover the power you have within you to build healthy habits and create a life you love. Now, let's get to the episode. Just a real quick reminder, I am wearing one of the June merchandise limited edition teas and tanks and coffee mugs, and this month's theme is main character energy, so be sure to check out my website under the shop. Um, Some of the proceeds will benefit No Blues News nonprofit this month, so get it while it lasts, but I'm excited to welcome my guest, Nicole Rose. She is a habit-focused fitness coach for women. I'm excited to dive a little bit more into your story. We met 15 minutes ago (laughs) in person for the first time, but we have a lot of mutual connections and friends. And I think, I know what two people had said that we needed to connect. And so there's definitely no accidents here, which is why you were on the podcast and you're a habit coach. So fits right in. So welcome and thank you for joining us. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yes. I'm excited to dive deeper into your story. So maybe just share a little bit about you, um, where you're from, where you, what you currently do, where you live, all the things. So my name's Nicole. I am from, well, I was born in Vermont, but I was raised here. I've been here for 35 years. So I'm a Floridian. <laughs> you are officially yes, local. Officially local. Um, but I am a habit-focused fitness coach for women. I spent about I want to say like 15 years in a pattern of very self-destructive behavior, Mm -hmm. and I hit a very, very low rock bottom um, in 2020, and I got sober, and that's what brought me to my purpose, which is to help other women build Mm -hmm. healthy habits, and I'm just really excited to create the life that I've been living. So, Did you say 2020? 2020. Every single one of my guests have said 2020 was the pivotal year. It's crazy, honestly. Oh my gosh. I mean, for me, every single person has has brought up 2020. How it was like rock bottom or rediscovered something about themselves and and it went a whole other direction since. So, you know, and you are a coach for women now. Mm. And I feel like, you know, we stumble and we fall through life. And if we're lucky, some of us get to actually live out our purpose and what we're meant to do. And I think it's such a beautiful thing when you can experience something you have gone through yourself and then take that and want to help others where 
like take them from where you might have been, where they are now, and then try to help and inspire them to take not the exact same journey you took, obviously, but the things you learned, the lessons you took, the mistakes you made and how you pulled yourself out of it. So, I mean, it's a testament in and of itself that you're here and you said 15 years of destructive behavior, yeah, right? Off and on. Yeah. Uh, that's such a long time. So I guess walk us through that journey of, well, first of all, I mean, what were these destructive behaviors that you were participating in for such a long time? Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, alcoholism was a, is the top one. I mean, I started drinking when I was 19. I never really got the full clear picture of how much of a drinker I was or why I drank that much or, you know, I always thought it was a phase. You know, I thought I was going to grow out of it. But, you know, I look at it now after being sober for a few years or almost two and a half years, I look at it now and it's like I can see that like I always drank to blackout. Mm -hmm. And so that was the main self-destructive behavior I had, but I had a lot of other things too, you know, you know, drugs got involved, um, toxic relationships, childhood trauma that I didn't really realize was a thing. You know, there's all these things that come up once you get to a place where you're, you're sober, you're thriving, you're living, you're, and you're, you're clear minded. So you can kind of see all of the behaviors you actually did have and the responsibility that you had to take for yourself. Because I remember, you know, blaming other people, other things, but I'm the common denominator in all of that. So taking that responsibility is what really helped me see where I needed to make changes and how much actual self-destructive behavior I had. Yeah. I mean, I call that extreme ownership. That's the first thing that I say is in your self-healing journey or or acceptance, like accepting Mm -hmm. you need help and then acknowledging um, that you played a role in your own suffering. Mm -hmm. It sounds like that's exactly what you did. So when you said you drank to black out, it's like you were drinking to escape something, right? And maybe it wasn't conscious at the time. But looking back, you can now maybe connect the dots and see why maybe you were trying to black out. Yeah. I Honestly, um, you try to escape, like you said, Mm -hmm. like you're trying to escape things. And for me, I remember growing up and I remember feeling like I wasn't good enough I wasn't being accepted by other people. Like I was always trying to fit in. And I think that that played a huge role in me wanting to escape my life. So, you know, I I can look at situations now um, where I used to think that my mom was always choosing my brother, for mm. instance. That's not the case. Mm. Like it was just, Interesting. it was just, um, she was doing what she knew best. You know what I mean? Like mm. she she was not technically my birth mom and she was like a tomboy when she grew up. So she identified more with my brother, but I didn't really put those pieces together mm-hmm. until I was sober. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to accept the situation for what it was and move forward. But, you know, looking back at escaping, like I, I was escaping all of those things. Mm. Like I, my self-worth was so low. Mm. Like I, I just didn't have any belief in myself. And I don't think I was ever taught that. Yeah. I don't think we're taught we're not taught how to take care of ourselves on that kind of level. We're not taught how to take care of ourselves on all aspects of health, you know, mm-hmm. mental, physical, emotional, spiritual. Mm-hmm. We're not taught all of those things. Yeah, definitely not in school Mm-mm. whatsoever. And then when you have parents who don't have those tools as well, yeah. they're not going to know how to mm-hmm. pass those down to you and I think that's a very common theme throughout a lot of my guests, especially in myself. It's like I always say my parents took amazing care of us. Like I know they loved us so much and they they did the best they could mm-hmm. with what they knew how to do, with what 
they had the emotional tools. So same with you. And, uh, you know, I didn't, I participated in my own self-destructive behaviors, but um, not the same as that, like not drinking or, or drugs, just a lot of disassociation, mm. not being present in the moment, um, just stuff like that. And letting all that spiral, shame spiral, just mm-hmm. you still are running on autopilot on like being unconscious basically uh, without having to be drunk or on drugs. So it's, mm. I feel like it's the same, like we were participating in the same kind of behaviors and taking us down the same road until we eventually came to a head mm-hmm. and we just could not take it any longer. And it eventually caught up to us and we had to own it, yep. accept it, acknowledge it and face the challenge head on. So started drinking at 19, you said about 15 years. So mm-hmm. that's about 34 mm-hmm. kind of came to this head. So talk about that. Like what was the realization? What did you start doing? So my moment, my uh, like light bulb moment mm-hmm. was I actually woke up one morning at my best friend's house and my my husband at the time was staying there because we were separated and working on things. Um, and I just, ha- I was so full of guilt of... I was just an emotional wreck. Like I felt like I was going to explode. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I just said, you know what? I don't care anymore what the consequences are going to be. Like I have to get this out. Like I have to speak the truth. I have to figure out what's going on if I I don't want to live like this anymore. Mm-hmm. So I opened my mouth and I told the truth and um, I got help. So I literally went from hiding and pushing everything down for years, mm-hmm. you know, from going from not drinking for 30 days. Like, okay, I'm not, I'm not alcoholic. I can't, I can go 30 days without mm-hmm. drinking. And I would do that, but then I'd go right back, you know, every time. You were like doing like um, a fitness challenge or yeah, something like that. Anything yeah. like that. Yeah. And I would go right back. It was like, if I didn't have some kind of goal in front of me that took precedent at mm-hmm. that time, like I'm going to go back to You'd those back behaviors. To those ways. Yep. Right back mm-hmm. in those ways. So I had realized that obviously this, this time that's not that's not the case. Like I can't just stop for 30 days. Like this has to come to an end. Like I'm, I don't Mm -hmm. care what happens. I'm going to speak my truth and whatever happens, happens. And it was the best thing I ever did. So what were you open and honest about? What did you, what came out of your mouth? I had an affair. I, um, I deep into my drinking, I had an affair and I was just like, I don't, I got to get this mm. out. This part, that part opened the floodgates to everything else that I needed to get out. Oh. It was that, it was because of that, that I did that. And yeah. I don't regret it yeah. because of where I'm at now. Yeah. But it's because I did that, that I was able to open up and be honest about everything else in my life. Mm, you know, shame is the biggest negative emotion. Mm-hmm. On a scale of like the energy and consciousness, shame is at a 20 mm-hmm. on the scale. And like joy and enlightenment is like 1600. Wow. So when you're, and that's just if you believe in like energy and frequency and stuff like that, but if you're living at a 20, like shame is running your life. Yeah. It digs its claws into everything you do. And when you run on shame, ugh, I know all about that. Mm. Um, so yeah, same. It's like you have to come to this breaking point. And like that was the gateway into okay, this, I did this, but I really, this is all underneath the surface and I really need to get all of this out. So like you said, it was what, I don't want to say had to happen, Mm. but in a way it had to happen for you. Um, So how did your husband take that at the time? Because I know you said you guys were already kind of on the rocks, you were separated. um, And he was actually 
kind of participating in the same stuff as you were, right? Yeah, he 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 definitely he was drinking as well. Mm-hmm. Um I don't want to speak his truth for right. him, but but we were both engaged in the same kind of behavior. Um he did not take it well. Um you know, we we tried to make it work and then when I got sober, I tried for a whole entire year to make it work. We just we were on different paths at that point. Mm-hmm. Like my what I was choosing to do was completely different than what we were used to living. So, um, so we ended up getting divorced, unfortunately, but it's what had to happen. Yeah. Um, and he's on his own path now and I'm here and, and I'm so grateful for where Mm. I'm at. So, so was that when you were around 34? 35. Yep. Oh, 35. Mm -hmm. Okay. How long has that been? How many years? So we got divorced last May. Okay. Um, but we separated and like broke up and stopped mm. working on things about Thanksgiving of 2021. Mm. Mm-hmm. If you can right now explain the difference of how you felt it, during that time of engaging in all those behaviors mm. and then how you feel today. So it's going to be hard to put this in words, I think, for the how low I felt. Maybe not. Um so how I felt when I was engaging in those behaviors mm. was almost nothing. Mm. It was it was the difference between feeling like you're not excited about anything in life. Like like it's dull, it's mm. gray, like everything is it's black and white, okay? It's black and white. Yes. And then today where I wake up in the morning after my eight hours of sleep every night, <laughs> I wake up in the morning and I'm excited. Like mm-hmm. I'm excited. I have no idea what the day is going to throw at me, mm-hmm. but I don't care because I have the tools to handle whatever comes at me. I don't have to drink over it. I don't have to do drugs over it. I don't have to fight anybody over it because it's about me mm-hmm. and it's about how I walk through it. So it's full color now. Full color. Full I was going to say that. Just full color. Bright and beautiful, bright and beautiful. I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and I just want to take everybody with Yes, me. and that's what you're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think let's address the childhood trauma because that's a big issue, I think, with a lot of people. And I, you know, it's more becoming more mainstream therapy, all these, all these modalities mm-hmm. and stuff of, of different things and but that's a, such um, a common thing that people aren't – I don't know. They're just, like, not aware that the way they grew up, their, what they witnessed, the programming that they had during that time, it starts very, very early. Mm-hmm. In the last episode, um, we talked about how it, by the age of three, like, children have developed um, – like their sense of how like what love is and like um, what they witness is like their beliefs and like any like what they see that their caretakers or parents are doing that's what they believe and they take it in they're a sponge and it's like locked in around the age of three so take us through like finding out more about your childhood I know you said something about your mom like your mom uh, your real mom had left when you were really young and then you enter a stepmom mm-hmm. so take us through like that relationship and I think like the mother wound is also huge. I don't know if you've dealt with any of that with mother Mm -hmm. wound and stuff. No, I haven't. But, um, so my dad is my real dad and it was me and my brother who's my real brother. Um, and from the youngest age, I don't remember my birth mother. Mm. Like I don't, I don't remember having a relationship with her whatsoever. I think I was four when she left us with my father. Um, and my stepmom had always been in the picture because she was our babysitter. 
Um, and then they got together and they got mm. married. Um, so I've always known my stepmother. Mm. I never called her stepmom, but it feels kind of weird to say that. But yeah. but mom, whatever. Um, so my oh, you always mom, called her mom. I always called oh, her mom. Okay. Yeah, I never, I never, even when I. So we didn't find out. This is the this is the hard story. We didn't find out that we were adopted and she wasn't our real mother until I was in about sixth grade. Mm. And that's because my real grandmother had reached out to the school I was in and I got on the phone and I was like, you're not my grandmother. So she, all of a sudden, the grandmother wanted- Yeah, why was she calling the school? She was trying to get custody back from my dad for her daughter, for my my mom, but my mom wanted nothing to do with us. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. it was a crazy story. I never really thought too much of it. I never thought it affected me. I never well, that's thought that's trauma right there. Yeah. A little, yeah. a little trauma. Yeah, but didn't didn't real of yeah. course didn't realize right. it. And you know, so we found that out and then there was like court and stuff, but she never showed up. They never showed up. So and nothing ever happened of it. Um but so, now there's this whole new awareness yes. that you are aware of. Yes. So it brought this whole other situation Yeah. when you were just living your life, coasting, I'm mm-hmm. good, everything's fine and happy, and then this outside event happens and yeah. it rocks your world, I'm sure. It it definitely was – it rocked it, and then it also – I tried to play the tough girl, like, mm, that's okay. Mm-hmm. I don't need her in my life anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We, all, we all try – whatever our defense is, yes. we try. Um, but it – and I never met her. And I never met her again, never mm-hmm. saw her again. She passed away a few years ago. But I did find out once I got sober and started to kind of inquire about it, I did find out that she was addicted to multiple things. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I'm not quite sure the circumstances for how she passed away, but mm-hmm. I know it was multiple organ failure. So I don't mm-hmm. know what the exact truth is there. But finding that out actually helped me to realize that I did actually have alcoholism. Yeah, I was going to ask, in your healing, did you mm-hmm. believe or pinpoint that, okay, that could have come from her? Not until until my first year sober. Right. Like, but I'm do you too be- clouded. But do you believe that? I I believe that, yes. I believe that some You think some it's hereditary? It, I believe, yes. Okay. I believe some of it's hereditary, and I believe you can drink your way into it, too. Yeah. It yeah. all depends. So mm, there's multiple crazy. ways. Alcohol is dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> But so are other drugs, obviously. Yeah. But oh my gosh! But, okay, so yeah, so found out mm-hmm. real mom was actually, or stepmom was not real mom, right? And then you went. That was sixth grade. Sixth grade. Okay, and then mm-hmm. we we're playing tough girl because we have no idea how yeah. to manage these emotions mm-hmm. coming up, obviously, mm-hmm. and no one's going to actually help you navigate those feelings, right? So, and then you talked about how you always felt like your stepmom was like choosing your brother over you. Yes. So it sounds like a lot of abandonment mm. issues as well. Yeah. Have you explored that? I have a therapist that mm. um, we did go through quite a bit of inner child work mm. and it was a lot of the the acceptance and abandonment mm. and the also the, um, you know, just accepting like that she didn't have the tools to to properly teach me mm. and whatever. And then also seeing how, you know, where I was trying to like gain all of this information like hey like why pick pick me pick me whatever but you know when i look at it now it's it's my brother was sick too mm-hmm. like i look at it now mentally sick and i didn't think about it at at the time but she he needed her more than i did mm-hmm. cuz you know i played the tough girl mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. i don't nicole doesn't need 
need the help. Yeah. She's getting A's in school. She doesn't, she doesn't need me, yeah. whatever. So I didn't look at it that way. And now I'm like, oh, I get it. But, but yeah, definitely some feelings there of abandonment. And- yeah. Because I mean, you can even feel that by the age of four. Yeah. You could feel that and not remember feeling that. Mm. And it's locked into your subconscious until yeah. you rework it and get it out. Wow. Yeah. I think you're probably no, right. No, no, yeah. for sure, for sure, for sure. I mean, and I think that's what I haven't tapped into it yet. I really want to, but doing hypnotherapy, mm. have you ever done that? No. Yeah, where you can actually go into your memories and pull up something that you couldn't remember consciously. Mm. But when you're in a deep hypnosis, you can actually pull it out Interesting. and, and work through it. Um, I listened to this podcast of this guy, and he does hypnotherapy now for other people. He worked his way up into helping, like, high-performance people, mm. um, like poker players, UFC fighters, um, really successful investment brokers. Wow. And he said how he got into it was he had a deep – irrational fear of flying just any like even just getting on a you know a regular flight with his family to go on a vacation and he was like it would always ruin our vacations and mm. i never really knew where i got this fear from i just knew i was very scared to get into an airplane so we did a one hypnosis therapy um session and was able the person was able to like find the memory when he was three years old of um his grand i think it was either his dad or his grandpa had told him a story of how his friend, the grandpa or the dad, had died in a plane crash. Mm. And he was like, that's where I got my irrational fear. Oh was three gosh. years old, hearing a story, and then that continued to run my entire life. Wow. And he was able to, like, fix it in that moment. And then he was like, from that session, I was never scared to fly again. That's crazy. Yeah. So Crazy cool, though. I want to do a yeah. hypnotherapy. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> because I, you know, when you – don't know how to manage your feelings or emotions and you're not present in the current moment, especially most most of your childhood. Yeah. You don't, don't know how to be present. But um, I just feel like I have a very bad memory and I can't remember a lot of things. So it's like, where did these – where did I pick up pick up these thoughts or beliefs, you know? So yeah, that, that would be interesting to find out maybe from the age of one to or zero or four if somewhere in there in that time frame that I you bet. felt like abandoned or you felt – rejected or you know i think i honestly probably do probably mm-hmm. you know if if my mom left as you know as the story's been told if my mom left me at four like maybe i just have the the vision of her just driving away and leaving me mm-hmm. i don't know yeah and you're right like i memories like i, I don't have memories mm-hmm. that young mm-hmm. like no. i don't remember anything no from, i don't even think i remember anything like younger than 10 yeah I very select – and really my memories come from like seeing a picture. Okay. Like I'll see a picture of myself. Yeah. Like, I don't remember like wearing that and I don't know. I get it from pictures almost. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Like school have pictures. Pic- school pictures. Yeah. You're like, oh, wait, I remember that day. God. <laughs> God. I, had to, I think I had like one good school picture. I hated school pictures. It was like the one chance you get. They don't be like – you can't like look at it and like, like oh, wait, can I take that? Can no, I take right. that again? Wait, am I wearing new kids on yeah, the black yeah. t-shirt? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> why did that? why did my mom or dad let me leave the house like that? Oh my gosh. The polo's so, button all the way up yeah. to the top, little <laughs> short haircut. Oh my. Mom, you cut my hair, I can yeah, tell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. We'll do it so much better for our kids one day. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Um, but yeah, back to um the childhood and uh 
don't know where I was going with that, but but yeah, I do. I just had such a bad memory, and I, I think it'd be so interesting to do a session. Actually, I have a consultation for um, one of my someone I know does hypnotherapy, oh. so I reached out to him after hearing that podcast, and I was like, that is so interesting. And so anyway, this guy that um, does it now, he was like, it was such a powerful thing that happened. So he got certified to do it. He was like, I'll like, help help my friends and family if they want it. And then it turned into this whole like, yeah, he only helps like these massive successful people that, and he said, you know, my specialty is taking someone that's like top, you know, they're top five, top 10 poker player, but they want to be number one. So it's not, he doesn't work with people that are like so far off. He kind of like works with people that just turn up the notch a little bit because they're stuck. Okay. Like, and like, I can't break top five. I can't break top 10. So it's like the self-sabotage and the, you know, beliefs about themselves that he works with. So yeah. I that was super interesting. So I wanted to do one and see what comes up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I'm going to bring, like, all my issues to him. <laughs> like, yeah, which but, one should I work on? Yeah, I was, I'm just wondering, like, if they do those kind of sessions, like, how do they pick what – how do you pick what comes up? Like, is it something that comes up or yeah. do you just bring it and well, stuff? Well, what was so interesting is he said that the people with irrational fears actually are the easiest to work with because if you have an irrational fear, it's you can find the issue in memory much quicker because okay. it's so irrational. He's like, obviously, a fear of flying, like, is a – pretty irrational so he was like it didn't take a long time to be like oh maybe it's this maybe it's that it was like nope straight to the memory they found exactly where it came from and they were able to work on it right in that moment but he said someone with like not a big issue where it's just like oh like um you know i want to be a little bit better here or i think i might have this it's like that actually takes a lot longer to to find because it's indecisive yeah because it's like like, yeah yeah so that's i think mine's gonna be harder to find because i don't really have like one issue (laughs) (laughs) all these little tiny things yeah like can you make me five percent better in like 10 different categories (laughs) (laughs) how do we get 100 percent everywhere yes exactly (laughs) take me there so i'm gonna do it i think i'm a little nervous like don't judge me because i kind of know this guy i'm like don't judge me please (laughs) of my child i'm sure he won't i'm sure yeah um okay so now we're at the point where you tell your husband everything Mm -hmm. um how did you feel in that moment relief but also scared as hell Mm. like literally like this could go two ways. Mm. One, like it could be calm, it could be collected, it could just be like leaves, doesn't talk, takes a minute, whatever, or it could explode, right? Because you always got that fear like something like you're going to tell somebody and they're going to become like this monster or you don't you don't know. Mm-hmm. You just don't know. And that's, I think, a lot of the times, that's why people hold stuff in. They're so scared of what the reaction is going to be yes. or the response that they're willing to sit with that. And I think mm-hmm. I did that for years. Mm-hmm. I just sat with my pain because I was more worried about how other people were going to respond or treat me if I told the truth. So good. So yeah. true. And, you know, it's 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 kind of, it's sad. Mm. First of all, it's sad that we can't just be ourselves and can't just, you know, say like, hey, like, and be honest, mm. open and honest. But I didn't have an honest bone in my mm. body leading up to that. I don't believe I did. Now I can't. <laughs> now, <laughs> now I'm like, you are full oh, out there. I am, I am going to tell you yes. straight up. And that's, that is shame. Mm-hmm. That is you releasing shame and working through it. That's yeah. the only that's the only thing I see. That's exactly how I was. I was like, yeah. I feel like I had all these little secrets and um, I was hiding. And that's it. Like, kind of comes from a 
a sense of control mm-hmm. that you're trying to control other people's feelings. Mm-hmm. So you're actually hindering yourself by not by wanting to stay in control and not wanting to actually share open and honest things. And yeah, shame run my life until my rock bottom, January 2020. (laughs) And then that's when I was like, I have to come clean about everything. And it just really opened up my life. And it was a downhill until it was an uphill. It was like the valley before the peak, you know, and and maybe not everyone's story is like that. Maybe you can share something and it actually just goes, okay, that felt so much better and we're on the up and up. But I would say usually it's like you have to uproot and dig up a lot of stuff before you can actually replant and in some better soil and start to work and, and grow. For sure. And also like how long have you been holding secrets? Like those mm. that's years. That's years of habits mm. that you have been holding secrets and trying to control the pieces and things are not working out the way you want them to. Mm. Your expectations aren't being met. How do you reframe from that? Like mm-hmm. how do you how do you open up, completely be different, change something, do something you've never done before and then just be like, okay, we're on the up now. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. you've got years behind you yeah. of stuff that that's going to come up at you. Like for me, I'll have memories come up from my, you know, my my self-destructive days that'll pop up out of nowhere mm-hmm. and I'll be like, "Oh, yeah, I remember that." Oh, that's not so good. And Mm. then I breathe my way through it Mm. and let it go. It goes out the window. But if you don't have tools to handle stuff like that, you could easily go right back to the way you used to behave. So is it more thoughts? What are the things that come up? A trigger where you actually physically see something or feel something, or is it a thought? It's a sometimes it's just a thought. Mm. Most of the time. I haven't had a lot recently. But in like after the first year of sobriety, there was a lot that would come up. Like things sure. I was just Like, like yeah. Everything behind the curtain that you yeah. had the curtain closed mm-hmm. off for so long is like, I'm, it's gonna, this is gonna come out. This is gonna come out. Yeah. It's like, oh, wait, that happened? Yeah. Yes, yes, that did happen. Oh, wait, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it did for a while. Now it's few and far between because I've dealt with all of it. Mm-hmm. I've, you know, I put it on paper. I've wrote about it. I've gotten help about it. You know what I mean? Do a program. Yeah. All of the, the, the tools that I have under my belt, I can handle things that come at me. Like, I, I don't get triggered to go drink anymore mm. or to, um, you know, even even with like picking up the phone and making a phone call that like you think you should, it's like, no, wait. Like I even stop myself from doing stuff like that. Mm. Like there's there's pieces that have come together for me that I never would have had before. Mm. No self-restraint, the boundaries, mm. all of that stuff has come with the tools. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? 
Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I discovered Thrive Cosmetics while first seeing it on social media and deciding to take a deeper look into what these products were. Because I'm all about non-toxic ingredients, this felt like the perfect addition to my beauty routine. My favorite has been the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara, which I saw amazing reviews on. It lasts all day long without clumping, smudging, or flaking, and has nourishing ingredients that support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. Thrive Cosmetics is cruelty-free, made with clean, skin-loving ingredients with no parabens, sulfates, or harmful ingredients. The word cause is put in the name as a part of their mission. With every purchase, you are supporting organizations that help communities thrive, such as those battling domestic abuse, homelessness, cancer, and more. You have to try Thrive Cosmetics to see for yourself. Right now, you can get an exclusive 15% off your first order when you visit Thrive Cosmetics dot com slash habits. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash habits for 15% off your first order. When I say that Cozy Earth sheets are the best sheets I've ever owned, it's not an exaggeration, which is why I've been using them for over four years and I won't go back to anything else. What I love about them is how comfortable they are without being a thick material. They are soft and breathable. Plus, they are temperature regulating so you're never too cold and never too hot, which is probably why they were featured on Oprah's favorite things. Their premium products include sheets in bamboo and in linen, bath products, and loungewear, all of which come with a 10-year warranty. The best part is Cozy Earth has provided an exclusive offer for my listeners today. Get 35% off site-wide when you use the code HABITS at checkout. That is a huge discount, you guys. Go to CozyEarth.com today and use code HABITS to start sleeping in comfort. Have you ever wondered why laundry detergent comes in massive plastic jugs? 91% of those inconvenient, awkward, heavy jugs end up in landfills and oceans, harming our planet and marine life. There has to be a better way. And it's not like you can just stop doing laundry. So do what I did. Switch to Earth Breeze. Earth Breeze is a revolutionary liquidless laundry detergent that dissolves 100% in any wash cycle, hot or cold. The laundry detergent Ego Sheets look just like dryer sheets, but they're not. There's no measuring, no mess, and no heavy plastic jugs. Just toss the sheet in. Their packaging is lightweight, biodegradable, and plastic-free. The Eco Sheets are hypoallergenic and dermatologist-tested, so it's great if you have sensitive skin like me. And don't worry, Earth Breeze is compatible with high-efficiency washers, gray water systems, and is septic-safe. The best part? They offer flexible subscriptions that can be adjusted, paused, or canceled by you at any time. No contracts or fees. They'll deliver it right to your door via free carbon neutral shipping at a frequency you can set that works for your unique lifestyle and schedule. The first thing I noticed when using EarthBreeze was the smell. I could smell it right when I picked it up off my porch. But to know it's toxic-free and not endangering the planet makes it perfect for me to feel good about using. 
and they offer 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Right now, my listeners can subscribe to EarthBreeze and save 40%. Go to earthbreeze.com slash habits to get started. That's earthbreeze.com slash habits for 40% off. earthbreeze.com slash habits. When you first started that journey, mm-hmm. did you have, for me, it was like, okay, when I was first working on it, say a trigger popped up. It might affect me for like a day. And then it got down to like a couple hours. And then it was a couple of minutes. And then I was able to work through it really fast. Would you say that was how it was for you? Or it was like you had to work on the timing of everything? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, or did it, was it like instantly right when you started your healing journey, like you could work through things really fast? Or was it like, Oh my gosh, this came up and it's like really affecting me and I can't get out of it and it kept kept me stuck but now it's a quicker movement through the triggers. Yeah, so now it's definitely quicker. Yeah. But when I first when I first started dealing with things when they would come up and not numbing, obviously, mm. it would take me a couple of days okay. because I would yeah. feel aggravated, agitated, irritable and I would be like, "Why is this bothering me so much?" Mm. Like, "What?" And then I had to put it on paper to to mm. figure it out. And that's the quickest way for to see it. And then also to look at why, what about me is disturbed in this scenario? Like what's wrong with me in this picture? Because that person's not doing anything to me. Why am I so upset? Exactly. And then looking at it differently. Yep. That's so. the second. That's like the actual first literal thing I say people should do in a healing journey mm. is recognizing and being aware of your triggers. Yeah. When you feel any sort of emotion, anger, anxiety, sadness, whatever, uh, annoyed, it's taking five minutes and just sitting there and being like, okay, this is how I feel. First, acknowledge that. This is how I feel. Why do I feel like this? What just happened? Mm-hmm. And then, if, like you said, write it down because then you can start to notice a pattern. But then you can also work backwards and find the root cause of that. And, yeah. and sometimes you might not have that memory and mm-hmm. you might need hypnotherapy <laughs> to figure out the root cause. Driving but, us home. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, and that's how you work through the triggers. And then that's when – if you can sit there and look at your trigger and like kind of start to laugh at it and be like, like, why is this even bothering me? Yeah. That's when I think it becomes like a quicker – okay, it takes me 10 seconds, you know. And it, I think they say emotions only last 90 seconds. Did you know that? Yeah. Emo- well, an emotion no. can only last about 90 seconds. Wow. So that's why if you react so quick, it could really do damage because if you just waited about two minutes – it would actually start to dissipate and you wouldn't feel like that anymore. Stop and pause. Yes. So stopping and pausing, recognizing your triggers. I love that you wrote them down because then you can actually look at them and face them. Um, But going back, I kind of want to go back a couple of steps and I want to ask you this and um, I want to kind of share my opinion about kind of being like open and honest and just no, I I really can only call it like shameless in a way where you're like completely shameless. And I think maybe we know a couple of those people where like, Mm. how can they act like that and be so open and be themselves and not seem to have any skeletons in the closet. And I think that is really for parents out there today. My previous guest before you, Josh, um, he would just, he's such like the most open person that I know, like totally himself has nothing to hide. And he just said from an early age, my parents were just open and honest with me about everything. And you no, know, maybe with some discernment and some boundaries. And but I think that is like the biggest thing for parents to be aware of is don't let your kids think that they have to hide anything from you, their feelings, maybe something they did, their emotions. Mm-hmm. I know that was a tool that I was not given. Right. I was not given, hey, how do you feel about that? 
why, why do you feel like this? Why are you acting like this? Like, talk to me about it, you know? So just from an early age, I think for parents to allow their kids to do that, like Josh said, I was encouraged to do that. And I think that's so powerful. So it sounds like we both didn't have that. No. And I think that's where the buildup and the buildup and the buildup comes from until we literally explode Mm -hmm. from secrets and shame and guilt and anxiety. And then until the lid pops off and everyone's journey is going to be different. It'll happen at different ages, stages, but that was your journey and it happened, but you're here today. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, I would say, um, you know, watching my parents at a young age, like they had their secrets too. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think obviously you learn what you see. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But today, today I'm grateful that, that I am able to be open and honest and to really be able to look at myself in the mirror because all the habits that I had before I thought were keeping me safe when really they were postponing me for the life that I could actually live. Oof. Yeah. Gut punch. That was great. Yeah. Mm. Just, I mean, it takes it takes what it takes. Mm-hmm. Everybody's journey is different. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it takes what it takes for somebody to realize, like, I really got to get my shit together. Mm-hmm. I got to change my life. If I want this, I have to do these things. But it's, it's all in the habits. Mm, it takes what it takes. Mm-hmm. I like that phrase. It takes what it takes. Nice. What would you say to someone right now who is maybe where you were and they're participating in self-destructive behavior? They think it's actually keeping them safe, like you said, which is really good. And they have all this shame and these secrets. And what what would you say to someone if you came across them and you knew that they were acting that way? And you knew that if – what I see is like I just know it's like they could be on the other side of this, that they could just do this. Well, I know personally that you can't just pull people along with you even if you see that they have it. They have to literally – want that change for themselves. So if it was somebody who wanted that change right. and you could recognize that, I would tell them that it's only one step away. Mm. It's not it's not 500 that we think we need to go. It's one different step. Mm. Take one different step in a different direction and you change your whole trajectory. Totally. It's like you yeah. come to a dead end and you can either go left or right yeah. and you keep turning right. But the same results. Yeah, but the same results. You're going in circles. Yeah. But a whole different life if you would just turn left. Yeah. Like Zoolander. He couldn't turn left, but <laughs> but you can turn left. You can turn left. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. So how has your life been since I mean, I can just I mean, I didn't know you previously, but I can feel like such like a energy and a presence and clarity within you, you know, and it's, I mean, I can't imagine being, um, going what you got, what you went through and having to navigate all that. Like it just seems, I think for most people, it just seems like such a long road and they just, they just don't even want to, it's just exhausting thinking about the road, you know? Yeah. But it's not really a road. It's, um, it's like you, you have to, it's two things. You're either going to participate in bad behaviors or good. You mm-hmm. know, you have to do something. You have to do one. You're either going to drink or not drink. You're either smoke or not smoke or yeah. eat bad food or not eat bad food. Work out or not work out. You know, it's one or the other. It's two decisions for everything you do. Right. So it's just about choosing that better decision over and over and over again. Yeah. And I think that that's where, that's where most people get caught up. And I know particularly for me, when I set out on my journey, I was terrified. Mm -hmm. I was terrified of losing everything I had, right? Because I'm like, okay, if I come out and I'm open and honest, I could lose my friends. I could lose my husband. 
Um, you know, I could lose my job, all the other things, right? I can lose everything that I have in my life right now. I could lose it all. Mm-hmm. I wasn't looking because I couldn't see what the other side was. Mm-hmm. The other side was who cares that I lost majority of those things, right? I didn't lose all of those things. Yes, some of the things that I wasn't meant to keep had to go. But what held me back for so long from making that decision was that fear. And on the other side of fear was the life I've always wanted. Yeah. Like I'm literally living or building, I say, building the Mm -hmm. life that I want because I can, Mm -hmm. because I get get to live today. I did not live before. Mm -hmm. I can honestly say that. And more so about don't ask yourself what you're going to lose. Ask yourself what you're going to gain. What you're going to gain. Yeah. And you gain so much. So much. So much. Talk about these tools in your toolbox that you have. Tools in my toolbox. I love my tools. (laughs) (laughs) Well. I love them so much. So like my babies. Um, Yeah. Talk about what you do now. Like that obviously you didn't do before, but. Yeah. So um, my health is the number one priority in my life. Um, sobriety and my health. Um, but it's, I have one quick question before yeah. we go forward. Do you call yourself sober? Do you say I'm sober? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent sober. I don't do anything. Well, I mean, like I feel, that's so why I had this, uh, one lady on, on, on an episode and we were talking about being sober mm-hmm. and I was like, do I call myself sober if I don't drink? Although I was never an alcoholic. You know, I was never an alcoholic. So I think there's such stigma around alcoholic and sober. Right. And I was like, do I say, oh, no, I'm sober? Because I feel like that puts – if you say I'm sober, I feel like that automatically thinks – someone thinks you are an alcoholic. You know what I mean? So I was just wondering if you say I'm sober or if you just say, no, I don't drink. Oh, that's a good question. I think I say I don't drink. Okay. But I am not ashamed – of the word sober. Right, either. right, like, right, right. Like, I just didn't know your opinion about yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I do say I don't I don't drink. No, okay. thank you. I don't drink. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I don't no thanks. I'm sober. I yeah. Get, yeah. I guess it's such a weird thing. Yeah. Because some someone could be like, two years sober. But what if I was like, well, I haven't drank in two years. It's it's a totally different yeah. reaction from someone. Yeah. And and label and judgment on someone. Yes. So. You're you're yes. Yes. And I can see that actually. I've, I've just never looked at it that way because yeah. I'm also, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> also. Also, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. So I don't true. Care. Yeah. Not to say you need to care. I just didn't know your opinion about that. Yeah. But I definitely, I do say, no, thank you. I don't drink. Yeah. 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 Cool. If they ask, if they start to ask why, I'm, I'm not afraid to tell yeah. you that I just, yeah. I'm sober. I don't drink. Doesn't it feel but. so good not yeah. to just be an open book? Yes. Oh my gosh. It feels yeah. so much better than to have secrets. Like I could, I I have said everything I have said (laughs) about my life to the public. Hundreds of thousands of people have heard it, and I'm like, sweet. Like that's why if someone ever tried to call me out, be like, okay, yeah, do it. I don't care. Yeah, nothing died. Yeah. Anyway, it feels good. I think, and I think a lot of that comes from we used to keep secrets. That's when we were scared for people to find out. Mm. Now that it's like you're open, you're honest. You're like, I don't do that anymore. Like you, if you want to judge me on something that I said or did five years ago, mm-hmm. that's not the person I am. Yeah, that's just not, and I'm, I'm a, yeah, it's just not who I am. Yeah. So, and I don't have to, I don't have to relive that. Yeah, and I think it's funny when like people don't get a reaction out of you. Yeah, that's what they want. Oh yeah. And then when they don't get it, like, oh well, shit, she doesn't really care. No. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, back to your tools. Back to my tools. Yeah. So. So a lot of tools um, that have been built are all around health, obviously. But there's the biggest tool that I have is asking for help. 
Like mm. whenever I am, and I keep having these conversations with clients of mine, mm-hmm. ask for help. Use it as your superpower because you may think you have it all figured out, but we are not meant to do everything alone. And when you ask for something, even if somebody doesn't have the answer, if you ask the right person or you ask somebody who cares, like they're going to find the answer. Mm. Like that's how you're going to get different responses, different ideas, all that kind of stuff. So asking for help is one of my biggest tools. What have you asked for help with that really was like changed your life? Mm. Ask for help for that has really changed my life. Besides the help quit quitting drinking, um, Actually, no, I'm going to go with that one. Yeah. That was that was the biggest piece, yeah, asking for help there because, mm. you know, it's not just about not drinking. It's about being able to handle situations mm. without thinking about drinking, mm. without reverting back to picking up the bottle because mm-hmm. I was the person that was like, oh, I'm happy. Let's go drink. Oh, I'm sad. Let's mm-hmm. go drink. Like Every emotion. Every emotion. I'm, I'm bored. I, I'm sad. I'm I never annoyed. really felt through emotions. Yes. Now that I actually have felt through emotions – they're tough. Mm. Don't get me wrong. They can be tough. They can be heartbreaking. They can be ugh, disgusting, mm. right? But you don't have to pick up a drink about it. So that mm. is the best I asking for help that. that I did. That's yeah. actually a sign of strength when yeah. you work through it sober instead and clear-minded as opposed to like that's the weakness is grabbing the bottle yes. and being like, this is how I cope. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Cool. I yeah. like that. And it keeps you there longer. Oh, it keeps yeah. you, you, oh, you yeah. hold on to stuff you, for years. Oh, you trip over it. Mm-hmm. Keep tripping over it. Yep. 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 So asking for help, you did that, obviously, getting getting sober. Yep. What else do you do? Movement Just, yeah. every day. Movement every day. I know you know about that. Mm-hmm. Movement, water, mm-hmm. putting nutritious foods into my body. Um, meditation recently. I'm on day like 49 in a row. Oh, my god. Yeah. So that's, that's a huge one because we all get stuck in this um, – I can't quiet my mind. Nobody, you're never going to quiet your mind completely. Mm-mm, mm-mm. It's not going to happen. You're going to have thoughts. That's just what, what it's mm-hmm. going to be. But if you start with guided, if you start with guided and you start small and you build, just like all your other habits, yes. you got to start small. Yes. Then you can actually, it has helped me tremendously when it comes to responding to things. Like I'm Ooh. so much calmer. Yes. Uh-huh. And you can also choose what you want to listen to for meditation. You yeah. can search topics. I meditate so many different ways. Yeah. It's not like a one – I think when people think of meditating, they're like, okay, you're sitting down, crisscrossed, hands are open, and you have a blank black space in your brain. That's no. what I think people – and it's not like that at all. It's no. totally what you said. It's start small, start guided. Yeah. So, there's so many different ways. Sometimes I'll just – Sometimes I listen to music and just think. I actually like I actually do try to think when I meditate in a way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can never clear my thoughts completely. I know yeah, they're impossible. gonna come in. The trick is just not to get attached exactly. to them. Exactly. Like just exactly. Okay, let it go. And if you can do that during meditation, you can do that the rest of the 24 yeah. hours of the day. Okay. Yeah. Being so meditation. Yep. Um meditation, yes. Um, the other one I was gonna say. Movement, water, nutrition, journaling, meditation. Right? Jour- I'm not the best at journaling. You haven't journaled yet. Okay, we got to pick it up. <laughs> I do every Sunday. Every mm-hmm. Sunday I do okay. gratitude and then I – whatever comes into my head. Okay. But I haven't been able to stick to it like every day kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like I'll do it for like a week at a time and then I'm like – and then it disappears and then it's Sunday. Yeah. But yeah. But it has something that we, I started. You can't do it all. There's so many tools. Reading. Reading yeah. is a good one for, mm-hmm. for, your, for your mental too. Like – you don't have to always read self-help books. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm into all the Colleen Hoover books yes. now. Oh my gosh. Uh, I've read like 12 of those books. Oh my gosh. I'm only on the second book. Or no, third. Third book. Which ones have you read? 
ends the, with us. It, it ends with us. Yes. It starts with us. Yes. And then I'm on um, Heart Bones now. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw you actually. Yeah. Read. yeah I saw yeah. you that. Um, yeah. I've read a lot. Yeah. I like – I did – I read the first fiction book I read. Um, that's fiction, right? I always get yeah. that mixed up. Okay. Fiction. Well, I mean, <laughs> the first couple were kind of based off two stories. Okay. So I read Verity for the first time like mm. three years ago. And when I did it, I read it in three days. And I was like, oh, my God, that felt so nice. Like, I wasn't thinking about this. I wasn't stressed about this. And it's just a way to get out of your head, honestly. Yeah. So then I got addicted to reading fiction books because, like, I'm not reading a self-help book and I don't have to think about my issues and my problems. And it really gets you out of your own head. Yeah. So read a fiction book. Colleen Hoover, shout out. We love you. Oh, yes. my gosh. She's the best. For sure. And the the other one that I was going to mention that um, a lot of people don't think about because it's – well, they do think about it. Actually, most people probably do. It's helping other people. Mm -hmm. So you get out of yourself and into somebody else and give them the tools that they need. That really in turn helps you. I love that. Yeah. That kind of segues into what you're doing now and that's your, your coaching. So yeah. I know for me and maybe for you, it was like you just said, honestly, it was like – Helping someone else was helping me in my process as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. So what what's what does your coaching look like for so, women? So my coaching, originally I started coaching. I was like, all right, we're doing the fitness thing because I did it before. Like I've been in this space since 2011, I think. Um, but I recognize that women aren't sticking to workout routines. Mm -hmm. They're not sticking to the things that they need to stick to. Yeah. They have these goals, but they're not sticking to it. And that's mm -hmm. because – of the habits that they have leading up to them wanting to stick to a program. If you are not, if your head's not in the game, mm. like mindset's a huge part of everything we do, right? Mm. Where the mind is, the body follows. And if you're not healthy in your habits with your mental, you're not going to be able to stick to a routine. You're constantly going to be looking for the instant gratification mm. that we see all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all over the TV. Mm. It's all over, you know, magazine covers, like this magic pill, this magic diet. Mm. We're so caught up in the get results fast that we we're not focused on the long term. Or we just see someone that has what we want and they don't see the their journey up until that point. Yes, exactly. And they it's think like it, they have gone through what you are going through right now, but you aren't sticking it out and they did. That's right. That's a difference. That's a difference. And it takes years. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't take it doesn't take three weeks. Yeah. It takes years. Yeah. I I saw that huge discrepancy. Same thing. I was doing mm -hmm. health and fitness, nutrition for about until about six years. And then when I started to go through all my stuff and I was very low emotionally, I was very low mm -hmm. physically. I was like, well, how can this be? I'm a trainer. I have all the knowledge in my head intellectually. I knew what to do. Right. I just couldn't do it. So it really doesn't matter about what you, the knowledge you have in your head. It's about being mentally and emotionally healthy. So I, same thing. I, I was like, okay, I actually need to work on the step before the step with these women. Like, what's the real issue here? And that's mm -hmm. when, oh, God, a whole can of worms <laughs> Yeah, when women would tell me their, like, deeper-rooted issues. And I was like, this is the work. The yeah. work is not meal prepping for you. The work is not setting your alarm at 6 a.m. for you. No. The work is live your life, do exactly what you're doing, but we're going to incorporate these things until you build up that strong foundation of exactly. mental. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And know what you're going through. <laughs> baby, baby steps. It's It's literally – and we we all do it. Like we we literally all look at it like I have this far to go 
And then we start self-sabotaging mm. because we see how far it is we have to go. We're not focused on just the 24 hours that are ahead of us, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just the four steps we have mm-hmm. to do today. See, I make my clients make. I have my clients. <laughs> um, they do four things. They have to 100 ounces of water every day, hit their protein goal, get their movement in, and do at least five minutes to themselves of something mm. that's for mental, journaling, meditation, whatever. And then the accountability piece, they got to let me know that they did it. But the thing is, when you only focus on those four things, just on the 24 hours ahead, you stack them up. Exactly. And then you can start to move forward. And then maybe you can start tracking food. And then maybe you can do whatever Mm. to hit those bigger goals. But it's a process. Mm. You have to learn that you can believe in yourself and you are capable. It's not three weeks on, one week off. Mm -hmm. Three weeks Mm -hmm. on, one week off. You'll repeat that cycle forever until you get to the bottom of actually building those stable foundational habits. Yep. Insert my favorite quote here, little by little, a little becomes a lot. So you don't do, well, a lot. <laughs> a lot tomorrow. It's little by little, a little becomes a lot. Like you said, just tackle the next 24 hours in front of you. Yep. Maybe you're l- watching this or listening and you're not working on a physical goal. You're working on something else. Like I, I think I've got my physical down, but I have other goals too. And again, I see the long road ahead and I'm like, God, like, uh, <laughs> why can't it just be tomorrow? But it's actually kind of cool because I know the person that is that, like, it's kind of cool to, like, work towards that when you know you're going to hit that. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, I'm not there yet, but it's really cool that I get to challenge myself and learn and grow to be that person. Mm-hmm. Like, even for our little, like, we're both doing a speaking engagement in, in a little over a month. And I know right now I'm not confident in that, but I'm like so excited to learn and challenge myself. And in the process of becoming that person, I know it's going to be like a beautiful transformation. So maybe think of it that way too with your physical. Like think about the person that you're going to be when you have, you know, when you lose that 30 pounds, like you won't have the same mindset. You won't have the Mm -hmm. same thoughts. You won't have the same beliefs. They're all going to be different, positive um, so I think that's like the really cool part is like yeah. the person that you will become and how everyone else will get you experience, um, you from that moment on. Yeah. And it changes. Mm. You think about the woman that you think you want to be like, as you start working towards her, it changes mm. because you're changing, mm-hmm. you're changing. So maybe you thought that when you lose 30 pounds, you'll be this type of person, but because you're taking your mental health so serious and the other aspects of your health on this journey, you may become her at 15 pounds. You may become her at when you lose five pounds. You don't know when you're actually going to become her because it's not about the number. It's about you actually becoming that woman. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, okay, at 30 pounds, I will feel like this. Mm. But then two weeks later, even three weeks later, okay, I've only lost five pounds. Oh my gosh. Like I already kind of feel like that. So yeah, Yeah. don't, don't uh, uh, like underestimate yourself is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Don't underestimate yourself. Yeah. You're so powerful. So powerful. And you, I tell uh, the women all the time, I'm like, do not put your worth on a number. Mm. It does not, does not suit you. Mm-mm. It's not about the number. Mm-mm. It's about being healthy, ha- happy, longer living, and mm. enjoying your actual life. I haven't weighed myself. Well, yeah, that's not true. I had to weigh myself for a medical exam the other day, but 
I don't have a scale at the house. Mm. I don't like, okay, 129. I am a nine out of 10 confidence today. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Just like one, 135. I am check, check, check. Okay, sweet. I get to be these things today. No. Yeah. Oh no, my gosh. I, I literally, I, and I, and I've told this story before, but I've, um, I used to think that 125 was a magic number. Right. And then I started to get healthy and I, and like you, I don't weigh myself a lot. I think I weigh myself like once a month. Um, and I got on the scale probably, I want to say it was like three months ago and it was like 140. I was like, okay. All right. And I looked in the mirror. I was like, all right. I like 140, you. I like you. And then I, I had my coach, Kelsey, she mm -hmm. was my, she was my powerlifting coach back in the day. So I had a picture that I sent to her at 140. When I got back into lifting after a bout of drinking, and I can put the two pictures together. I put the 140 where I was drinking heavily and not taking care of my body next to the 140 that I look like now. And there's a complete difference. Wow. It is not about a number. It's about how you feel about yourself. And that 100% solidified to me that that number doesn't mean shit. Mm, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. I love that story. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's like my favorite story you told. I could be 150, 160, whatever. <laughs> exactly. If I'm going to pack on more muscle, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. And that's another good tip to tell women is it's yeah. body composition. You yes. could be 125, all muscle. You could be 125, all fat. And yep. you're going to look completely different. Yep. So stop worrying about the number, worry about your clothes, your energy, how you feel, how you sleep, yeah. how you go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. And ask for help. Yes, show up Show up for, for yourself. Okay. Well, that's a good little pivot into our final question that I have um, on habits you love. We do a megaphone moment. Mm. So this is if you had a megaphone to the world and everyone was like, everyone stop, look at Nicole, what she's going to say. And they actually took that one piece of advice and actually applied it. What would it what would it be? But first we gotta we gotta get the megaphone out. Oh. So we have it. We have like an actual megaphone and you don't have to actually talk in it. it there's no batteries. <laughs> you just hold it. I do like the color. Yeah. It's my favorite. Yeah. Um, I would say But is one thing you know for sure. That the per that the person <laughs> you wanna be is on the other side of your fear. Mm, love that. Yeah. I love it. Boom. Megaphone drop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or we can drop these mics. <laughs> uh, I love that. Well, you've clearly embodied that for yourself. You've clearly taken that own, your own journey and mm -hmm. faced that, faced those things head on. And your life is, I'm sure, a lot more beautiful and colorful yes. these days. You have a you have a bright green Jeep out there. Yes, so <laughs> you're yes, living in color, colorful tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm so excited to get to know you better along this journey of our little event we're doing. And thank yeah. you so much again for coming and sharing your story. Lots of little good nuggets. And um, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm we'll, so happy to be here. Yeah. We'll put all of uh, Nicole's information in the show notes, um, how you can get in touch with her if you want to do some habit coaching and, and all the things. So thank you so much. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.